Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast where hospitality and travel professionals learn how to earn the media spotlight. My name is Hana Lee. I am president of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning public relations agency in New York City. And I'm Michael Anstendig, editor-in-chief at Hana Lee Communications and a food and beverage writer. As a journalist myself and Hannah as a PR professional, we understand the power of media coverage and its impact on someone's career and business. That's why we launched our podcast to help our industry rebuild and rebound by interviewing top journalists who share their insights and tips for gaining the media's attention. In this episode, we are so excited to chat with Laura Eskowitz a freelance writer based in Rome with a passion for covering travel, arts, culture, design, food and wine, and more. Laura has written for Departures, Vogue, Condé Nast Traveler, Travel and Leisure, Architectural Digest, Tea Magazine, The Wall Street Journal, and many more. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Great to see you. Hi, Hannah. It's so good to see you, too. And you also, Michael. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for coming on board. So, Laura, you've been living in Rome for a while and have experienced two lockdowns already. So how are you handling the situation and how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a wild ride here. Italy was the first country in Europe to institute a nationwide lockdown. So it was... I think really shocking for everyone here at first. Um, just the fact that a country like Italy could institute a nationwide lockdown and all of the implications that came from that. And obviously we saw what happened. Um, a lot of other countries throughout Europe followed and it was nerve wracking for sure to be the first and to be constantly just watching the news and listening to the stories coming out of the hospitals in Northern Italy, especially. Um, and then, you know, I kind of adjusted just like everyone does and just tried to sort of keep calm and carry on. And I've actually written about the experience of lockdown here in Italy a few times for different publications, uh, sort of chronicling what was happening, you know, the very first lockdown I wrote about for Fodor's travel. And then when things eased up last spring, I wrote a story for Departures about how Italians were coping here. And then did another story for Travel and Leisure about the second lockdown and how it's different from the first one. So it's definitely been interesting to see how things have changed. Yeah. So many people used to travel to Italy. How's the hospitality industry doing overall? I mean, I can't sugarcoat it. The industry is suffering for sure. The Italian government has put forth a number of different measures to mitigate the damage. So, for example, a freeze on layoffs um, has been in place for months now. So a lot of workers in the hospitality industry have been put on furlough and are receiving some sort of government funds, um, the sort of equivalent of unemployment, that sort of thing. And they're trying to relaunch, but, you know, it's really tough 
especially right now, Italy actually is going through a political crisis right now. And it looks like the government is about to collapse because there's so much opposition to the way that this government has handled the pandemic and the resulting economic crisis. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Well, it's it's definitely uh, a situation to contend with. We're very familiar on this side of the pond as well. Uh, but, you know, given that you're based in Rome, which is a very enviable position uh, from the point of view of many of our listeners, I'm sure they're quite jealous. Uh, what would you say are the advantages of being based in the U.S.? But on the flip side, what are some of the challenges? Yeah, I mean, as a freelance writer, you know, being away from here. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely pros and cons. Um, I think I lived in New York for eight years prior to moving to Rome. And what I loved about being there, in addition to just being in the city, which I still love very much, was the being part of the amazing community of journalists and media and hospitality uh, industry professionals in New York. So I certainly miss that. But um, being based in Rome has some pretty amazing advantages. I mean, this is a, also a beautiful city that I love to spend time in. And um, in terms of my work and professional advantages, I think, you know, I have been trying to position myself as an Italy expert for a number of years and a Rome expert in particular. So I am always trying to stay on top of the latest news and updates. So whether that's, you know, hotels opening in Rome and in Italy, um, trends in restaurants and bars, hospitality, um, architects, designers, all of that stuff. Um, it definitely helps to be here on the ground, especially now when Americans actually can't enter Italy. So I'm in a pretty unique position at the moment in, in terms of being here on the ground, being able to report on what's happening in Rome and beyond. That's great. So you write for many publications, as you mentioned, uh, like, you know, Departures, Architectural Digest, Vogue, and many others. So can you tell our listeners how you approach writing for these various outlets? For example, the difference between Departures and Vogue? Yeah, I mean, I think that I tailor my approach to each publication, as most freelance writers, I'm sure, will tell you that they do. Um, and that's sort of a necessary part of the job. And that comes from experience and just comes from reading a ton. So uh, definitely try and read all the latest stories on the, the websites of the publications that I write for as much as possible. And I would say in terms of these publications, I also, I think about their audience. So for example, you know, departures, is geared toward high net worth individuals. And so, you know, luxury is kind of the name of the game there. Um, Vogue is, I would say, geared to a slightly, a slightly broader audience, especially uh, in terms of their web content. But for me personally, I think even writing for the same publication, the stories and the approach that I take can vary depending on what type of article I'm writing. So I personally really 
love to write stories that take a more narrative approach when I'm able to write from the first person. So for example, I did a story for Departures last fall about the island of Ischia. So I went to Ischia last fall when the COVID restrictions were eased up here and got to write this story about what it was like visiting this island in sort of the aftermath of the pandemic, or I guess in the middle of the pandemic, really. And I interviewed a number of hoteliers and other entrepreneurs on the island who had teamed up to create an initiative aimed at promoting sustainable tourism on the island. So I think that type of story for me is sort of the ideal because I was trying to give the reader the chance to see this island through my eyes and also learn about these initiatives that are happening now that they wouldn't otherwise know about. Speaking of departures, we really enjoyed reading your article on how New York City bars are pivoting during this pandemic. And it's so inspiring to read this type of stories because, you know, everybody's, you know, going through a tough time. But, you know, seeing this type of innovations and creative ideas, it is is very inspiring. No, no doubt about that. So what innovations are you seeing in Italy that you can think would inspire our listeners in the U.S. and around the world? Yeah, I think Italy was... You know, a lot of the restaurateurs were sort of on the forefront of changes that we then saw getting picked up around the world. So, for example, the QR codes being used for menus, you know, just eliminating any kind of touch points whenever possible. So um, no more paper menus, only QR codes and just pivoting, which is sort of the word of the season. I've seen a lot of restaurants here that maybe some places that were previously only open for dinner have opened for lunch so that they can get some people in the door. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Whatever it takes, you know, Mm -hmm. got to do what you got to do. So um, people are still trying to find new ways to travel during this time. So in your opinion, what travel destinations that are untapped are you interested in writing about? One of the things that I've been hearing a lot about in terms of travel trends coming up is that people will put more thought into where they're going and how much time they're spending in their destinations. So instead of taking a lot of short trips, people might travel less but spend more time in a particular place. So I'm always sort of thinking about that in terms of what's happening here in Italy. And I think in Italy, there are a lot of destinations that, you know, Italians know about, but that are very untapped in terms of the American market. So one of the places that is on my radar is um, the island of Procida. You probably haven't even heard of it, right? Never heard of it. Yeah. So here's a tip for you. The island of Procida, which... A lot of Americans have never heard of. It's actually very close to Ischia off the coast of Naples. And it has just been announced that it will be the 2022 capital of culture for Italy. So it's a small island, but um, a beautiful, colorful island. And I've had it on my radar for a while. I, I was hoping to go last summer and unfortunately didn't make it there. But 
as soon as the restrictions ease up and I can travel through Italy again, that's one of the top places that I want to go. You you sold us. Oh, I want to go too. So we loved your departure story about Lenny Kravitz, of all people, designing a piano for Steinway and the fact that he has his own design firm. Who would have known that? I mean, that was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. So beyond celebrities like Lenny, uh, how do you choose the people that you profile? Yeah, so that story actually came about um, through my editor. That was an assignment that I think the PR for Steinway, I believe, reached out to him and offered that interview. Um, but I also pitch a lot of interviews and profiles on my own. And so it depends a little bit on the publication. You know, there are certain publications that do want a certain level of name recognition when they feature people. But personally, I'm just interested in hearing about people doing interesting things and innovative things. And, you know, I've interviewed architects and designers. I've interviewed chefs and pastry chefs, artists, painters, um, handbag designers, you know, all kinds of creative people. And, you know, for me personally, they don't have to be famous. Um, they just have to be doing something interesting. So I did a story for Nuvo, the Canadian magazine um, that's out now in their winter issue, where I profiled a woman here in Rome who creates these beautiful, sustainable handbags made with fish skins and is working with a collective of fishermen's wives in Brazil where she's originally from. So that one came about just through a friend, actually. She happened to be a friend of a friend. But, you know, I have gotten to meet people over the years. And I just love learning about these kinds of interesting, innovative endeavors and writing about them. So um, in coming months, what type of stories will you be working on that our listeners can be part of? Well, I hope I will be writing more travel stories again. That obviously has been a bit stalled by the pandemic. But also, you know, I think these sort of profiles, I've done a bunch of them over the last few months because, you know, if I can't travel, I can still conduct interviews, right? We're doing everything by phone or by Zoom these days. So I would love to do more profiles of interesting, creative people who are pushing things forward in some way. And there are a lot of uh, those folks, those type of folks in our industry. No, no question about that. So let's, let's circle back for a moment and talk about your working relationships. So I'm sure you have your inner circle of folks who reach out to you for your stories. But for those who are new to you, what advice would you give them to get to know you, to build a relationship with you, so that they could begin pitching story ideas to you? I mean, just email me. I think uh, that's kind of the, the easiest way to do it. Um, I have a website which uh, has my email listed right on it. So it's pretty easy to get in touch with me. I'm also on social media. Um, I do get people reaching out on social media sometimes. And that's fine. I don't mind it. But usually I'll reply and say, hey, why don't you send me an email about this? Um, it tends to be easier. And I'm also fine with doing calls and Zoom calls and stuff. And I think that in some cases, 
you know, that may be easier and more efficient than sending a whole bunch of emails back and forth. I think we can do that. So um, let's talk about uh, social media a little bit. Um, we all love social media. So how do you use your social media for your work? For example, um, do you use it to discover story ideas or sources? Yeah, I mean, I definitely use social media to keep up with sources. I would say probably it's more about keeping up with people than discovering new sources. For me personally, um, once I've sort of made that connection with an individual or a place or a brand, I follow them on social media so I can see what's new. And um, I've definitely gotten some stories that way because, you know, if if I'm following a designer, for example, or an artist, and they post on Instagram about a new project that they're working on, I love that, especially if there's not a press release about it yet. So it means the whole world, you know, the whole journalism world doesn't know yet. And I can be one of the first to pitch that story to my editors. So I think social media is a great way to keep in touch. Mm -hmm. That actually brings up an interesting point. How important is exclusivity in pitches to you? That's a tough one, actually, because it sort of varies, I would say, depending on the publication. So, you know, some of the publications that I write for, like Architectural Digest, if it's print, they definitely are going to want an exclusive. And I've worked on a number of exclusives, even online ones, too, sometimes. Um, departures, I've done a number of exclusives for departures. Um it's not completely necessary, and I understand that it's not always possible. But if you know a PR person is pitching me about, say, a new hotel or a new restaurant or something, then I would say, first of all, I want to know about it far enough in advance that I can pitch it in a timeline that makes sense for my editors. And I might ask who else is covering this because. Um, you know, I write for a lot of different publications and they may have already confirmed an article about that particular place. So in that case, it doesn't really make sense for me to pitch them again. All right. And now for the listener question segment of our show, we have a question from Tim and Natasha Drisdell, who are opening a new hotel, Lord and Liberty, in Nashville, Tennessee. Given the pandemic, they'd like to know, how do you think the design of hotels, restaurants, and bars will adapt to the new normal? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, I think that things already have changed a lot since the beginning of this pandemic. And so a lot of the changes that we will see in the future have already started to roll out in a lot of different places. Um, some of the big ones, obviously, are sort of outdoor space and ventilation where, you know, you have airflow. Um, another one is flexibility. That's, I think, something that we've been seeing and it's going to continue even more and more in the future. So by that, I mean spaces that can be converted easily. So whether it's expanding or contracting, you know, moving tables around, moving furniture around. Um, you, you see this in, in some hotels like the Moxie, for example, 
where they have a number of conference rooms that can be very easily converted into private dining, for example. So flexible spaces, I think, is going to be another big one. And I think that's just useful in general as well. Yeah, so flexibility all around. That's one of the most important things to remember. So um, when you feel safe traveling again, which country would you go first and why? Top two, I would say I want to go back to New York because I miss New York. Please come back. New York misses you. I miss all my friends and colleagues there and all the amazing restaurants and bars that I have been trying to keep up with and see what they're doing and uh, have been just really amazed by the way people are pivoting and finding new ways to stay in business, but also, you know, to make the best of this tough situation. And then for a new destination, I am really itching to go to the Maldives. I'm very keen to visit a couple of resorts, the Soneva resorts in the Maldives. They have two, Soneva Jani and Soneva Fushi. And these resorts were at the forefront of the sort of eco-chic, sustainable hotel movement. They opened back in the 90s, and um, I have become very interested in sustainability during this pandemic because one of the things that we've seen is that when people stop traveling, it has pretty significant effects on the environment. In a good way, you know, we've seen a lot of air pollution has been reduced. We've seen, you know, the the canals of Venice are crystal clear, for example. So I'm really interested in learning about sustainable travel, sustainable hotels like these properties in the Maldives, what they've been doing and how that is also charting a new path forward in this post-pandemic world. Because I think, you know, once the pandemic subsides, climate change is going to be the next big issue that we're all going to have to contend with. 100%. So we call our podcast Hospitality Forward because we're optimistic about our industry and its resilience. Could you tell us, is there anyone or any organization that's doing something special that you think is moving hospitality forward? Oh, gosh, yeah, there are a lot. I mean, um, one individual that I just interviewed is David Rockwell, who is based in New York. I'm sure you guys know him. He's designed a number of the top hotels, restaurants, you know, Union Square Cafe, bars, nightlife, and um, seeing what he and his firm, the Rockwell Group, did in New York City over the past year has been really incredible because when everyone sort of started panicking about how restaurants are going to stay in business, he was at the forefront of um, designing modular units that restaurateurs could put outside and have outdoor seating and um, bringing those actually to the city. So he was working directly with the Department of Transportation to get the open streets approved. I mean, helping them sort of understand ways to move forward. And then created this template of these modular outdoor dining units and put them up as an open source document. So any 
restaurateur in New York, but not only New York, anywhere in the world can download his plans and basically replicate them. I mean, he's, he's, he's a genius and, uh, you know, he's, he's really given a lot to the community with this. Absolutely. All right. Before we go, what's the best way for our listeners to contact you to pitch you their stories? Yeah. So um, my name, Laura Itzkowitz, I know it's a bit of a tough one to spell, but um, my social media handles are just my name, Laura Itzkowitz, um, both on Instagram and Twitter. So that's definitely a great way to keep in touch. I would say I, I update Instagram probably the most but I also use Twitter and Facebook and I have my website where you can also find links to a lot of my past articles. And what, what's your website URL? LauraItzkowitz.com. So Laura, it's been so great speaking with you and thanks for sharing your thoughtful insights with us. Really appreciate you. And being so generous with your time. We thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you guys. It's been really fun. Same here. Alrighty. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Speaking with Laura is always a treat. Now that you know what Laura covers, please feel free to pitch her your story ideas that you think would pique her curiosity. And do mention that you heard her on our podcast. We have a lot of exciting media guests in the pipeline as well. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review and tell your friends and colleagues. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.